What has your attention has your affections. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, just one verse we're going to look at, and then it says this. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Let me read this verse again to you. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Uh, Last year, or maybe two years ago, we started at snow camp. Uh, The teens do bring their phones to snow camp. I think I'm going to kibosh it sooner than later. But the teens, not myself, stand by the door, and what they'll do is they'll collect everyone's phone before they go into the auditorium. No one's allowed to bring it there because that is a place focused on his word, so that is what you do. And the teen boys, they do a great job of enforcing that, as well as back in the cabin when we're about to go to sleep, um, the phones are confiscated again because we don't need any scrolling because we have a mission and a desire that we want. I say that to you because in this passage it says that we must pay closer attention to what we have heard and one danger that I have seen in the lives of our teenagers, not just in the lives of our teenager, but also in our lives, is we get sucked into a spectacle. Now, there's different translations of a spectacle. If you think spectacle, maybe you're thinking glasses, but a spectacle can also be a moment of time of varying length in which a collective gaze is fixed on some specific image, video, or event. A spectacle is an image that captures human attention an instant when our eyes and brains are focused and fixated on something that's projected at us. A spectacle can be a tweet, a news clip, Clip, social media, Netflix, cartoons, video games. And spectacles aren't unique to our generation. From the gladiator games of Rome to the Greco-Olympic games to the theater in London, humanity has always been captivated by the spectacle. There's always been something competing for our attention, for our focus, for our devotion, and striving to get, for us to give our desires to. You see, what has your attention has your affections. And in this day and age, there is an endless supply of things competing for our attention. In this digital age, we are bombarded with endless streams of entertainment, politics, catastrophes presented in 20-second clip editions. Uh, Last Monday Night Hangout, the teens did refer to you. I asked everyone to take out their phone so I could see their screen time and see, hey, what are we spending time on? What is consuming our time? And then I asked also this Sunday morning, and I wasn't necessarily shocked, but then I realized this is it. This is the thing. Not necessarily phone, but there's things, not necessarily evil things, but other things that just grab our attention And we get so distracted, and then it's hard for us to even think of being bored. If you hear a teen say they're bored, it's usually it's few and far between because you can constantly have something going on. Right now, I have my phone, and there's so many different uses for this device. It's my map. It's my calculator. It's my bank account. It's uh, it's also, I, obviously, I have to call my wife with it. I check my emails with it. Uh, it's my podcast. It's my radio. It's so many different things that now, every waking moment, I'm constantly, you can be fixated on this, 
but just in general with the media involvement, that something's catching your eyes. The algorithms of some of the apps that the teens have are intentionally hardwired just to draw your attention and suck you in. And so when we're thinking about what God's doing and being holy, we don't even have time to even think. We don't even have time to even meditate because the next thing is coming. The next thing is coming. We have to be entertained. We have to be entertained and it just keeps going and going and going. What has your attention has your affections. A couple statistics. The average teen spends seven hours and 22 minutes looking at a screen each day. That can be a computer. That can be for school. U.S. teens spend almost three hours longer on screens than uh, tweens. Those are 10 to 12 years old. Uh, And teenagers spend more than three hours a day watching TVs and videos. But it's not just teens. I told you teens spend seven hours and 22 minutes. The average American, adults, seven hours and four minutes looking at a screen. Each unchecked spectacle wants something from us. Our time, our attention, our outrage, our lust, our affections, our money, our votes, every picture, every video, every viral tweet brings needs in us. And it's just trying to get at our hearts. Whatever has our attention has our affections. Let's go ahead and watch this short clip. Unchecked spectacles can distract our souls from God. It's those little small hits with digital media, the memes, the videos, the pop-ups. It just chokes out the word because we're so just, our attention is so driven and fixated on different things. And I've told the teens over and over, it's not necessarily evil things that you're looking at. It's not anything that's necessarily harmful in nature. It's just that you are distracted and always bombarded by the next spectacle, the next thing that's trying to draw your attention and your devotion and your passion so you're distracted from God. Unchecked spectacles can close off your communion with God. We become so unfocused in life that we just are so distanced from the Lord. We fail to pray. We fail to listen to his word, and we get distant. Unchecked spectacles also commute the urgency of the word. Affectional drift, heart drift, away from Christ. What I've seen happen in the lives of our teens as I've worked with them over the last seven years is it's not necessarily this big major sin, but it's just slowly ticking away as time goes slowly distracted, slowly distancing themselves because whatever has your attention has your affection. You see, we need to understand, church family, that we also, we can be fixated on the next thing, the next image, and we can distance ourselves from the Lord as this passage has told us, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away. In this passage, what it's talking is about the gospel of Jesus Christ was presented. And before that, it's talking about how Jesus is greater than the angels. And they must pay closer attention to it because they can drift away. And this drifting away isn't just, oh, they're not talking about Jesus or reading the Bible. It's apostasy. 
It's rejection of God and where he's at. And I think how Satan operates in our world is just little getting you distracted, getting you just to take your focus off it. And it's kind of numbing you into a spiritual death when you don't realize it. What has your attention has your affections. And what I want to do at this time is I want to invite Lance and Erica Walker up here because they've gone through in their lives where they did what our teens have done and more so where they did a digital detox. And that's what I'm going to challenge you all as a church family to do. Taking time to distance yourself away from media, from the constant pings and clicks and videos and even news, whatever it may be, but focusing on the Lord. I'll give you all permission to laugh at me as I talk because I'm going to start off by embarrassing myself um, and being a little open here. So I've deleted all the evidence, but about seven years ago, I had my own fitness Instagram and it was really just comprised of like photos of me flexing in the mirror. (laughs) So I know God has brought me a long way since then. (laughs) Um, I had two Instagram accounts, my personal one and my fitness one. And then I had Facebook and Snapchat and that made up like most of my social media. So back when the gym was an idol in my life, I lived every day motivated by comparing myself to others. And my feed was full of fitness influencers and I was hyper-focused on body image Um, you know, I would take like various selfies, putting them side by side, showing the growth in my muscles over time. And then I would post them for affirmation and looking to others to determine my worth. The more likes and comments I got, the better I felt about myself. (laughs) Um, this really did consume my mind with body image and what I was seeing and posting online heavily influenced my thoughts and my emotions Even aside from fitness, I would compare myself in every other way. I didn't realize it at the time, but my life revolved around taking the perfect picture to post. This determined where I would go, what I would wear, my hair, my makeup. I wanted to look the best that I could doing the most fun things, living a great, beautiful life. So when Lance and I started dating, he came up with the idea to do like a social media fast. I was not too excited, but I wanted to be a supportive girlfriend. So I agreed to logging off of social media, you know, just for a little while. Um, We haven't gone back since. And I'll admit what, so when we started for a couple weeks, I didn't know what to do with myself. It was really hard. Um, I, I essentially went through a withdrawal. I was really addicted to it. Um, Then I started to see some positives. Um, Thinking back to college, I really had a debilitating struggle with depression, which is just a whole other topic. And God had to work in so many ways in my life to overcome this. But I really think a big thing that helped was just less focus on myself through social media. And I also wasn't seeing every weekend my friends posting about their plans, which were so much more exciting than mine, um, and how they led more interesting, fun lives than me. This is how I felt. But um, the timeline of these events were happening a couple years after I got saved. And it helped 
my spiritual walk immensely to stop seeing, you know, the nonsense that my non-believers were post, like my unbelieving friends were posting, um, but I didn't have to offend them by individually unfollowing them. You can only imagine how hard that would have been too. So back when I had social media, I was so self-focused. I remember that I would see like a general post that someone would post, you know, about like talking badly about an unnamed person. And I would get paranoid, staying up late thinking, is this post about me? Um, and I remember there were, there were a fair share of fights about what different people posted online. And to this day, I'm just so thankful that I can easily stay out of that trauma, including the political controversy that I know can get heated online. Um, so what else changed in my life without social media? What did I do with this newfound time? Um, I was able to spend more time talking with people. I could go places because I wanted to, not because it made a pretty picture. I didn't have to worry about, oh, my outfit that I'm wearing was in the last photo that I took, so now I have to change my outfit before we go out. (laughs) It was just refreshing to go out, live my life without feeling the pressure to take that perfect photo. Um, If, you know, if I was Amongst others, sometimes I would even leave my phone at home and just enjoy the moment. My fitness journey became more about being healthy and less about progress photos. And I will say, to this day, even at 28 years old, I really don't think I could go back on social media without sinning. I, I don't trust myself to do it. I think the temptation to compare myself to others is just far too strong. And I know that's a weakness for me. Um... Now it probably wouldn't be fitness because my life has just changed so much, but I think I would probably look online and think, oh, wow, look at that mom doing such amazing things with their children. Do I do enough with Kylie? Um, Look at their house and how put together it is. Maybe I should do this with my house. You know, there's just so many temptations, I think, that are there. So I leave you with this, um, Mark 947. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes to be thrown into hell. Thank you. So I also, like Erica, got rid of my, my social media is about seven, almost eight years ago, back when I was a, a senior in college for a couple, a couple different reasons. Um, I used all the normal ones, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. The, the main one I used was, was Instagram at the time. Um, I was on Instagram every single day, you know, constantly throughout every single day. You know, I would always be checking my new posts, you know, looking through my feed to see if I, if I missed anything exciting that was going on. I even got bad enough to the point where I would make a post, and then if I saw it wasn't getting as much likes as I wanted it to be, I would delete it, and then I'd post it later, hoping it would do better, kind of just like hyper-focusing on likes, followers, and all that kind of stuff with it. Um, I was completely wrapped up in myself and kind of how everyone viewed me through, you know, all of my social medias. Um, I didn't realize um, what was happening. It was happening to me like that over a couple of years. But when you use Instagram and social media like this, um, it starts making you become more selfish. And your world will start getting, you know, smaller and smaller as you continue to, to use it like this. Um, and for me, a lot of these, you know, negative effects that social media was having on me, you know, went unnoticed, you know, for years. Um, for me, it, it became so easy to create, you know, norms in, you know, our lives 
uh, when everyone around you is doing similar things, um, even the Christians in your lives. So it's, it's easy to, to create those norms and not realize that the sinful habits of it. I started to, to realize something needed to change in my life um, when my old lifestyle started to try to creep its way back into my life through, through Instagram. Um, before I had deleted all of my social media, I dedicated my life to Christ about a few years back before that. Um, but I still was following some of my, my old friends that were lost. And sometimes I would often see some of their posts, you know, of parties and the hangouts they were going to. And seeing all that sometimes would, would tempt me to, to miss my old lifestyle. Now, now, thankfully, I never went back to, you know, my old lost friends and that old lifestyle. Um, but constantly seeing these posts online would instill, you know, FOMO. And I would start thinking that my life had become boring. And, you know, I was just kind of sitting at home while everyone else was going out and doing all this stuff. Um, but after having, you know, so much issues with, with social media for so long, um, I finally decided to, to get rid of all, all my social media um, for a while and see if I'd be, be better off without it for a little bit. Um, and as Erica said earlier, I, I roped her into it with me. I, you know, we did it together so that I wouldn't be, you know, doing it alone and so that we could be uh, growing in God and our walk with him together as we did it. Um, the first week or two uh, without any social media was, was hard. I, I started to realize just how much time I was spending on there, scrolling. I mean, just normal activities for me started to become um, hard, just like walking to class, um, taking the shuttles like around campus, I was like, wow, I am always scrolling on Instagram when I'm doing anything, because every time I get in the bus or sit down, I instantly look down, and I'm like, oh, I, don't, I can't do anything. So it was, it was very eye-opening how much time you, you noticed you're spending doing all these things. Um, but, you know, after a week or two went by, you know, those urges passed, and I was able to start being productive with my, with my time and start focusing on things um, of God um, instead of, you know, how many followers or likes I was getting you know, on Instagram. Um, I was able to have more meaningful conversations um, with people more than I ever had before. Um, I used to spend so much time on my phone, I think that I didn't spend as much time conversing with others. Um, and getting rid of my social media really showed me um, how addicted I was to all of that and how much I was neglecting God and others with the, the time he'd given me. Um, if you are spending, you know, all of your time doing something like this and are unwilling to give it to God, I think more often than not that, that shows you that you've, you've placed that idol above God in your own heart. Um, I've enjoyed so much these last seven years um, without social media. I have no plans or any desires to go back to any of it. Um, and I, I think it would be a good test of your own heart um, with your own social media or apps that you use a lot or any other kind of media, um, I suggest giving them a break as well and seeing if God will use them uh, in your life as well. Thank you all very much for that pointed application in social media. But I hope you all heard it's any type of thing that's controlling your heart Here's the thing that can happen when we're talking about that, in particular social media. And I talk to my teens about it when I'm speaking on my sermons is don't ever think like, oh, well, I don't have a phone, so that doesn't include me. No, think deeper when someone's preaching. How could this message apply to me? So for those of you who don't have social media, how do you know if something's consuming you? What are your conversations like here at the church when you come to people? Are you talking about the latest thing that's happening with your sports team? 
the latest thing that's coming up in the political sphere, the latest thing about the news, the weather, whatever it may be. What are your conversations about? What are they fixated upon? What is that spectacle? What is that thing that grabs your attention that people would say? You see, what has your attention has your affections. And I challenge the teen boys this morning is, do you have conversations that where you're talking about what the Lord's doing in your life? What he's teaching you from his word, how you are being challenged to grow, how you're dying to yourself and putting off sin and putting on new righteousness. What is that about your life? You see, we have competing images in our life. And what has our attention, it it could be social media. And it it may be time for you today that you need to give that a pause because it has too much control. Whatever it may be, you need to put that thing to the side. But then what you need to put on is the greatest spectacle. You don't become like Christ by beholding TV. You don't become like Christ by watching these images that are popping up. You don't become like Christ aimlessly. You become like Christ by beholding his glory and majesty. The greatest spectacle of the world is the cross of Jesus Christ. The Gospel of Luke says the crowds had assembled for this spectacle. You see, the cross grabbed the human attention. Jesus was mocked and scorned and beaten and bloodied and raised up from the dead, but that was not the end. As uh, the Getty song, Power of the Cross says, now the daylight flees, now the ground beneath quakes at its, its maker, bows his head, curtain torn in two, dead are raised to life, finish the victory cry. We need to behold in our lives Christ and him crucified. We need to behold and wonder and marvel at what God has done for us. We need to, when we get done with the sermons, to make sure our first conversation isn't about where we're going to eat, but what is God teaching you from his word? Things need to change because we don't want to drift. Drift aimlessly away from the Lord. We need to turn our eyes to Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. This time I'm going to invite the praise man to conclude in the song, Turn Your Eyes. I just want you all to make sure, maybe again, today is a day you need to take that digital detox. Today is a day that you need to be challenged by our teens to say, I need to put this to the side because there's greater things that are of greater importance.